Hello guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is Paint the Town Dead, and I am one half of your host, Caitlin. And I am also a half of a host. And together we make one complete host. Well, not the way I said it. I said I was one half of a host, so I guess it'd be more like two, two and a half. Two twos of a host? One and a, one and a half. No, that's one and a half. One half is half. I'm one half. And I'm and one half. I'm not one so and a, a half. What? Right? Half of a half is a quarter. Stop. Let's try this again. <laughs> this is Paint the Town Dead. I'm a host. That's a host. I guess I should leave after that because what, what am I even doing here? That. And guess what, Andrew? What's up? We recently passed our two-year milestone of Paint the Town Dead being a thing. That's right. Caitlin mentioned it two days after it passed. And I was <laughs> like, but I was looking at my Facebook memories. I thought, this isn't the right day. I guess I was just late posting it on Facebook. I don't know. Something. But anyway, so it's been two years. We, uh, we March 10th, 2020, the day before things went completely really, sideways. Really, went bad. Before basketball players decided to get COVID and everything had to stop. We really we really planned this out really well. We timed it perfectly. Um, yeah. Honestly, though, it was such a dark time in my life then. I think paint the town dead really it did it 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 was there for me and i really enjoyed these past two years of talking about true crime with you yeah it's been a lot of fun it has been fun and i don't know let's go ahead and jinx ourselves neither of us had have have had covid so uh, far here we go i'm gonna get it just jinxed us right there but i'm about to have a job working from home so that's exciting <laughs> that decreases my chances a little more i think plus we're both vaccinated and boosted yes, and yes all that because we're not weirdos who think re- that facts exist to persecute us or whatever and i haven't really been out and about in big crowds too much unmasked so that's nice oh, that's all i do you like to party. I do. I've been going to the club because I'm you. 23 or you're whatever so, I lie about. You're so hip and cool. Yeah. I wish I could be like you. I've got beautiful flowing long locks of hair. I'm six <sighs> foot three. Oh my God. Ripped. Oh my God. What else can I say that's an obvious lie? He's single ladies. That's not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm rich. There's another lie. Here's what we're not going to do this episode, Andrew. What are we not doing? We're not going to eat on the air. <laughs> no, we're not going to do anything special. No, but we've got episode 100 is coming up in a little bit. So we'll revisit it then. Yeah, maybe we'll do something. Yeah. Um. So Probably not the eating thing, though. <laughs> no. Well, that we did that once. We're good. Um. What and have I- been some of your favorite episodes from this past year? We went, you know, we went to, there's some changes. We went from weekly to bi-weekly because. Fortnightly. Fort, I, I appreciate that. I think that's a common term for the British folk, yes. but not as much us. I think you're correct. And I think we should use it because <coughs> it's better than saying bi-weekly or twice week or bi- because whatever. Because bi-weekly can be two times a week or it can be every other week. Yeah, and that's obnoxious. Nobody it likes is. that. So fortnightly. I appreciate that. Um, I don't know. I would say the one I'm most proud of is the Arkansas Hitchhike Killer because it was two-parter. And, and you it was, really, you threw yeah. me for a loop with that one. That was a lot of fun when you're just like... What's going? Why is this still happening? How, how are we still going? And I was like, "We're there's a it's two. We're in two parts." I had no That's idea. Right. That was really something else. Everybody else knew. They but did. You told them it was in the title. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was. It's like every time I watch a YouTube video and they're like, "We're going to talk about this," but you already know that because but it's because you know, we're it's there. The title. I will say That's that why you clicked it. I enjoy every episode that we do. I like talking about. Of course, this nah, is why I, we. I hate most of them. Yeah. Uh, no, this is why we started the, the podcast because we both enjoy true crime we both like arkansas um and so that's why i do it so it's it's i enjoy 
Enjoy is a strong word. I like what we do. Some cases are harder than others. Like when we did Malik Drummond, um, that one was pretty difficult. That one was really yeah. sad. Well, why don't we put a pin in this? Okay. Do the real story. And then and maybe we'll revisit we, can, it some we more? can circle back around. Okay. We can talk about other ones we were interesting to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Um, Andrew, I'm doing the episode this week, so be quiet. Don't talk. I'll do my best. I'm just kidding. Please talk. Um, I like when you talk. Um, Nobody's ever said that to me. But it, I, I enjoy your feedback. I appreciate your your constructive feedback. If you want to call it that. Okay, so we're going to start off with number one. This week's case really doesn't take place in Arkansas. Oh, my God. So we're starting off strong here. But one of our perps is from Arkansas. One of our victims is from Arkansas. And then one of our perps, actually both perps, briefly lived in Arkansas. Well, that's, you know, we've, we've strong, done... Strong Arkansas connections. We've, we've done cases with less connection. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there's, there is still strong connection to Arkansas. Okay. So, Andrew, this week we are talking about Ray and Faye Copeland and their victims. Okay. Let's talk a lot about a little bit of background here. Ray Copeland was born in Oklahoma on December 30th, 1914. Oklahoma is a crime. Oklahoma is itself? Oh, yeah. The whole place? Yeah. Oh, you mean the musical? Also, anything Oklahoma. Why is that? Give me a rush. Okay. Just talking mess. Okay. While growing up, his family moved around often, trying to survive the Great Depression. And at one point, they landed in Ozark Hills, Arkansas. No idea where that's at. Never heard of it. It's probably in northwest Arkansas. I mean, Ozark, that's, that, that's where yeah. that stuff is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yep. He was rumored to have been a spoiled child, and although he and his family grew up poor, um, it was said that if he demanded something, it was acquired for him basically no matter what. He dropped out of school at a pretty young age. He was around the fourth grade. And as he got older, he began stealing things. And he kind of started really getting into it around age 20. Um, at first, it was hogs from his father's harm, farm. He stole them and sold them. And his father decided not to press charges. But then he began stealing government checks from his brother. Um, and two years after that, he was caught and jailed for, it was like, check forgery, I think. A lot of that. And after his release in 1940, he met Faye Della Wilson, and the two would marry soon after their meeting. I don't like that their names rhyme. Ray and... I know. I know. Ray and Faye. And it was kind of difficult when I was typing it, because I would type it, and I was like, no, wrong person. Not a fan, because, uh, I don't know, just bothers me. It makes it sound like they're, like, related already, Uh especially when they're going to be married or whatever. They are. They do marry. After 1940, not long after their meeting. So Faye Della Wilson was born on August 4th, 1921 in Harrison, Arkansas. Good times. We know and just love Harrison. No hate to like the good people there, but there's a lot of bad there. After her meeting and marriage to Ray Copeland, she would go on to have five children in quick succession. Too many. That is a lot of children. But because of Ray's criminal dealings, so whenever he got married and had kids... That didn't stop anything. 
Um, well, yeah, he's got all these kids to deal with exa- now. How exactly, are you gonna, exactly. If all you know how to make money with is crime, you're yes. just going to do more crime. And that's exactly what happened. Because of Ray's like criminal dealings, he and Faye and their children would move around often to keep ahead of the law. Uh, but that, you know, moving around like that, that made money kind of tight. And at one point during their multiple moves, they lived in the Ozarks of Arkansas. I don't know if they moved back to Ozark Hill or not or somewhere else. Um, but also this is over a span of many years that all this is going on. And during this time he was caught and jailed several times for like theft, forgery, um, a lot of that stuff, a lot of like crime, petty crime, robbery type stuff. He's doing lots of, with forgery, it makes it sound like he's doing a lot of like, uh, check stuff. hot checks. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And stealing checks and like forging checks and things. So a lot of, a lot of, a lot of check things. Um, and in 1967, Ray and Faye and their five children would finally settle in Mooresville, Missouri. Uh, Faye worked various jobs in factories or like as a maiden motels while Ray worked at their 40 acre farm that they purchased. Um, he was buy and sell livestock and would also forge checks and scheme. And that's how they made their living. Good times. Good. Mooresville, Missouri, as of now, has a population of 98. Oh, it had more when they lived there. It was like 180, so. Oh, wow. So many. It's really dropped. (laughs) Population really went down. Yes, it's very small, very rural. Um, So neighbors and people of the community said Ray was an odd type of curmudgeon who he yelled at waitresses at local restaurants. And some say they even saw him purposefully run over dogs. So, you know, big X in my book. You're you're done. You're done. Yeah, that's like... um John Kaiser, he liked to murder dogs. Yeah, um, and he was not a good dude. No, he was a serial killer. <laughs> Re- revisit that. Um, so by the late 1970s, Ray was pretty well known in the area for his scheming, and he had difficulty buying and selling livestock because nobody wanted to do business with him because he wasn't an honest guy. This created a problem for Ray because that's how they made their money. So by the mid-1980s, he developed a plan. And this was his plan, Okay. Ray would pick up drifters, many of whom he would pick up at local homeless shelters. Uh, He would make promises of a warm bed, food, lodging, and $50 a week for labor. And what he would do is bring them these, it was pretty much men. It was primarily men. It was exclusively men, I think. He would bring them to these livestock auctions and have them make purchases on his behalf with bad checks. Um... And he would also use these drifters on the farm to kind of help with farm work as he was getting on an age and the Copeland children had all grown up and left. Yeah, so say it, it would probably have to be men if you're going to the livestock auction because they're probably gonna be like, a woman. You can't buy things here. What are you doing? This is the 80s. Uh, yeah. That, you can't even vote. I'm just kidding. You could. I, say, I, I, I feel like it would be weird if there was a woman there. It would be unusual at that time. I So I've been to a livestock auction type sorry, deal what? before. Yeah. My... Because my grandpa uh, oh, does, yeah, my grandpa yeah. is on both sides. Actually, deal with cattle and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so I got to go to one or two of those. It's not exciting at all. No, just a warning. They parade them. They bring out like an animal. It was like a bull or it's a, a business thing. Yeah, so it's not exciting at no, all. No, it's it As literally you, is business. Um, I would want, and I would wonder because I, it seems like people come from like a ways away yeah, for that. So yeah. it's probably like. Oh, that's a new guy, whatever. Yeah. Whereas if it was like more of a local only thing, I could imagine them being like, 
don't trust the new people. They're working for Ray. Yeah, yeah. So I think he was able to get away with it um, because he kept a running batch of new people. Um, da, 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 da. He would also make promises of helping them, the men establish finances and get on their feet and help them set up bank accounts with them. And again, these were men who were easily coerced as they were pretty they were really down on their luck and they just see this elderly man and his wife trying to help them out this sounds almost like on tiger king when uh joe would go to like bus stop and just pick up people who are clearly not doing well and that's like his whole group yeah his whole crew was um kind of a motley crew yeah my dad called them land of misfit toys yes (laughs) yes it really is yeah and you know it's like did Joe, it's like... He's a bad have, person, yes. Yeah, okay, okay. If that's your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, a, remember a, when the girl got her arm caught in the cage and you said, I will never financially recover from this. Yes, and all of the other stuff he did. Yeah, he's just, yeah, not a great guy. And how he didn't pay them real money, basically. No, and yeah. Yeah, he was real garbage. Yeah, yeah. and now he's guy. in jail. Yeah, where he belongs, honestly. Yeah, and now he's dying, like he said, but I don't know if I believe, I don't know. Anyway, this isn't about Tiger King, Okay. Just saying it reminds me of that. Just like go and pick up people at the bus stop or whatever yes. who are like not doing so well so you can exploit them That's for exactly monetary what it is. gain. Yes. Andrew, you're on to this. You know. You know. I, I've you've, seen, heard, you've heard stories. The president used to be a con man, so I've seen plenty of con man actions um, lately. Obama? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. We know it's not. Mm. Okay. So one of the men wanted in connection so all these ba- so, so they would write these checks at the auction and they would all bounce right eventually they would all bounce right so one of the men uh wanted in connection with the bounce bad check at auctions his name was dennis murphy so let's talk about dennis murphy in 1986 a sheriff visited ray's farm and asked if he knew the whereabouts of dennis murphy ray said that Dennis had worked for him, worked for him kind of for a time, and he just simply took off in the middle of the night without a trace, didn't say a word, didn't leave a note, he just left. So when Ray was told that Dennis Murphy was wanted for like thieving and writing bad checks and that kind of stuff, Ray said he wasn't surprised as he had also been swindled by Dennis. Ray told the cops that yeah, there you go. Yeah, that Dennis had also written him a bad check and he produced that check that had bounced and showed it to the cops. And it would eventually come to light that seven other men were wanted in connection with the cattle check scheme and police couldn't find any of them they could not locate any of them and they're all these drifter types yes i'm just imagining when he is like he wrote me a bad check too hold on let me close the door i'll be back in just a couple minutes no he just like pulled open a drawer and produced it but yeah. it's like if but it's, i bet if they anyway yep not gonna get ahead of myself I'm okay like, not gonna give myself away so, in August of 1989, this is a few years down the road, a call from Nebraska came to the Crime Stoppers n- a number, the local Crime Stoppers number in the Mooresville area. The person on the other line said he knew where Dennis Murphy and the other men could be found. The caller was Jack McCormick, a fellow drifter and small-time con man who had previously worked for Ray. Jack would tell police he thought he had seen human remains, including a skull, on the Copeland farm, and that Ray had attempted to kill him. So it's like, this is a big story. Cops were, it said, like, the articles I read that cops were, they're kind of like, a little bit like, they kind of knew, they kind of found out about Jack McCormick and were like, can we trust this guy? He's kind of gotten into trouble. 
but they were starting to get suspicious of Ray. So they were like, okay, well, we'll, we'll check this out. And in October of 1989, so a couple months later, multiple police forces in the county coroner came together with a search warrant to search Ray's farm. Uh, they brought in backhoes, machinery, cadaver dogs. They brought in like literally the whole gamut. But after nine days, they came up empty and Ray and Faye were escorted off the property when they were doing the search. And Ray, presumably, Ray supposedly, couldn't find the word, Ray supposedly told them, you're not going to find anything. Like, he was like, good luck, you're not going to find anything. It was like, is that a challenge? Anyway. Or is it just like, I don't know, if you, if I were like being searched on my property and somebody's like, we're looking for bodies. I'm like, good luck, idiot. Good luck. You're not going to find anything because I'm really good at hiding stuff. Nope. Uh, <laughs> you leave that part out. Yeah. I use the thing from Breaking Bad where they dissolve people oh. in acid or whatever. Oh. Yeah. That's messed up. Don't follow Andrew's advice. That is not advice. No, we're not experts in <laughs> anything. Especially murder. Definitely not experts in that. Okay, eventually, Jack McCormick was brought to the scene at the farm and asked to identify where he saw the remains. And he walked over by this barn and told police that he might have been mistaken and that maybe he didn't really see anything. Oh, cool. Yeah, so we just... Good job, Jack. Nine days digging up this farm. I mean, they searched multiple locations. They made big holes throughout the whole property. Nothing. I know this is 89, so it's not that long ago yeah uh, but just jack mccormick just to me sounds like an old-timey swindler man from like the 1950s or something um yeah maybe not that suave though maybe i don't know i just that's just kind of name to me also yeah just yeah the name jack yeah. mccormick yeah old jack mccormick up to his no good schemes yeah 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 that one yeah he, yeah that's what he sounds like and also that's what he sounds like that's what he kind of seems like yeah all right, so this really threw a wrench into the investigation that was mounting against Ray at this point because, like, they've got this guy that called in a crime stoppers. He's like, I saw bodies. And they're like, where's the bodies? He's like, maybe I didn't see bodies. Oh, maybe I was mistaken. I don't know. I was, I was like, totally wasted. It was night yeah. time. I, I don't know what was going on. Yeah, maybe I didn't actually see anything. So they're like, great. But police would learn that Ray didn't just work on his farm he worked at other farms nearby to make extra money so police went to the nearby farm where ray worked baling hay and in the hay storage barn police found a shallow grave in which the badly decomposed remains of three men were found and it was speculated that they had been there for about two to three years but they they cannot be initially identified but each man had been killed with a single gunshot wound to the head a few days after the three men were discovered, another barn full of hay on the same property was searched and a shallow grave containing the remains of one person was found in the same manner as the other three men. So that's four. Six weeks later, in a nearby well, police found yet another body. The discovered man was wearing a leather belt that said Dennis, which is like, come on, man. Did Dilly. Was it like a belt buckle or what? It was like a um, leather belt that was stamped with the name Dennis. Weird. At least that's what the thing said. I've never, I've never heard of such a thing. To be honest, you haven't heard of that, like a leather like, stamp belt. No, I don't guess so. At least I'll not show you with a your name. I'll, show, 
I'll show you a picture. You'll know what I'm talking about. This sounds like almost like when people get their name tattooed on themselves. I'm like, what are you going to forget? Like, what are you doing? You never know. Are you, you, are you, you the know. dude from Memento? You got to remember everything with all your tattoos? You never know. I don't know. That's just, that's a that's a weird one. I guess you could just be like, well, I know it's my belt. You stole my belt because it has my name on it. Kind of like that. <laughs> Leather stamped with a name in it. Like I don't dead. like it. Well. Not a fan. Well, that's not really your style, so. No, but my style is dressing like a pathetic man-child. <laughs> but this was Dennis's style. And you would think that if you were disposing of somebody, you would take off like identifying things and a belt with their name on it's pretty good. I wonder if he did for the others and just like got sloppy maybe. Um, I will say that there was an episode of Forensic Files um, and there were crime scene photos. So trigger warning if that bothers you and you want to watch that episode. Um, the men, the other men did have clothing on okay so um i think all of them had clothing on yeah so i mean i guess you i don't know i guess it depends on how it's stamped if it Uh like if it's like (laughs) their full names written on it in the back of it yeah or, or maybe it's not noticeable if you're not paying attention maybe i don't know yeah um so initially though the men i mean police had their high suspicions but the men could not be directly linked to ray So when police questioned Jack McCormick further, he told police that Ray was running a check fraud scam, which they kind of already knew. He said that this is how it went. And this is so he said that Ray gave him a few hundred dollars to open a checking account. Ray instructed Jack to use a P.O. box as his address so he can't be like traced back. Ray then took Jack to cattle auctions and sat in the stands with him, instructing him on which cattle to bid on. When he won the bidding, Jack would pay for the cattle with one of his checks to his own checking account, not Ray's. It was his new checking account that he set up. And so what he would do is Ray would then take the cattle, sell them very quickly before the check could bounce. And then, um, but by that time, usually the drifters would leave. Wink. Um, So Ray would, yeah, sell the auction. Yeah, yeah. Um, At one point, Ray brought Jack to a hole in his barn. It was a pretty, pretty big hole. Ray told Jack that there was a raccoon in the hole, and he wanted him to get out of the, get get it out of there. And then he would like kind of scare it out, rust it out. He had like a long handled something. He was like, "Get it out of there!" And then I'm going to shoot it when it comes out. So he had a gun with him. So Jack started to poke around the hole, but he felt really uneasy, and he wouldn't take his eyes off of Ray as Ray was holding this 22 caliber rifle behind him saying all right i'm ready to shoot the raccoon when it comes out but he's like (laughs) behind behind jack so jack took his eyes off ray for just a second and when he stood up and turned around ray had the gun aimed directly at jack not the hole so jack was stunned and began talking ray down from shooting him saying he would leave the area and never come back so jack quickly fled missouri and kept quiet for five months before making that phone call to the crime stoppers so they kind of were like, all right, I think we have evidence to like search the house, like worthy evidence to search the house. So upon searching the Copeland home, a 22 caliber rifle was located, as well as a full assortment of men's clothing in varying sizes that did not belong to Ray, and none of the clothing fit Ray or Faye. They also found multiple suitcases of varying brands and everything, and shoes of various sizes, and of course... None of it belonged to any of the Copelands. And hidden away in a camera case, this was a big piece of evidence, was a list of names of men that Ray had hired to work on the farm. 
four of the names had X's beside them. And all four of these names were one of the eight wanted in connection with writing bad checks. The skulls of the found victims were sent to the crime lab for identification. X-rays and dental exams, which were kind of difficult, they said, the coroner, the forensic person said, because um, some of the dental work was 30 years old and trying to compare it to current stuff was difficult. So, but they did it and they were finally able to identify the five bodies that were found. The men in the well, well, I'm sorry, the man in the well was, of course, identified as Dennis Murphy. The other four bodies were identified as Wayne Warner and... I don't know the ages of everybody, but I know the ages of some of them. And one of them was Jimmy Dale Harvey, and he was 27. He was so young. John Cowart Freeman, also 27. I'm sorry, John Freeman, 27. And Paul Cowart of Dardanelle, Arkansas, which is not far from here. And Paul Cowart was only 20 years old when he died. That is so young. And I honestly don't know if these men were like reported missing by friends or family or loved ones because all of them fit the lifestyle of of a drifter and somebody who was kind of down on their luck. So they might have been out of touch with their families. Um, So I don't really know if these people were being searched for as missing people. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's the classic thing of like, Drifters are drifters, prostitutes and stuff like people like that who maybe don't have as much of a family unit to uh, to miss them. Or if they go missing, it's a a common occurrence, I guess. Exactly. So they might not have been being actively searched for at the time. And that makes them an easy target, which is just really like to be able to like like Joe, what's his face, whatever, Joe Exotic. To be able to look at those people and target them because of their vulnerability is super messed up. Yeah, more like Joe Prick. <laughs> Got him. I, I don't know. <laughs> so for every single... Oh, okay. And... Okay, da 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 Harvey, Freeman, and Cowart were three of the four men marked with an X on that piece of paper. So it's like, well, clearly we know what the X means. So for every single one of the victims, the cause of death was a gunshot wound from a small caliber gun fired at close range inside the skulls were found bullets and bullet fragments matching a 22 caliber rifle ballistic experts match the found bullets to bullets fired from ray's gun also said to be found at the residence was a hand stitch blanket made from the clothing of the deceased men gross and weird very so finally with enough evidence linking them all ray was arrested and somewhat surprisingly, so was Faye. I don't know. It doesn't seem that surprising. Seems like she had to have known or been involved. Yes. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So clearly, Ray had been charged with the murder of these five men, obviously. But how did Faye fit into all this? We'll talk about it. So she was suspected initially of aiding Ray and covering up his murders and just not being forthcoming with information. But Faye denied knowledge of anything bad or evil that Ray had done. But while incarcerated, Faye wrote a letter to Ray in prison describing how she was sorry all this was happening and it would blow over soon and blah, 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 blah. So investigators collected that note and compared the handwriting to the list of the names and the writing was a match, came from the same person. So that means Faye wrote the note of the list of men that were all dead, basically. 
So Faye continued to deny any knowledge, saying she just wrote the list as she was told. It was not told what it was for, saying it wouldn't have done her any good to question Ray as he would have, quote, slapped her across the house. Um, And it would, of course, come to light from Faye and their children of Ray's long history of violence and abuse towards all of them, which isn't really that surprising. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that seems about right. Yeah. So Ray and Faye were tried separately. So Faye was, um, she was tried first. Faye was offered a plea deal for conspiracy to commit murder, but she continued to deny any involvement or knowledge of anything, stating that she was a battered and abused, submissive in doing what she was told. But the handwritten note really worked against her. In November of 1990, she was convicted on four counts of murder and one count of manslaughter and sentenced to death. Um, And when told that his wife had been sentenced to death, Ray said, quote, well, those things happen to some, you know. He's not wrong. It happens to some people. Uh, Totally emotionless. Well, you know, that happens to some people. Uh, Your your wife? That had it not been for you, she wouldn't be here? Anyway. Anyway, Ray would initially attempt an insanity plea, but when that was clearly going to fail, he attempted a plea deal. Uh, which was quickly denied by the prosecution. They're like, nope, we're taking you for all you got. And in March of 1991, Ray would also be convicted of five counts of murder and also sentenced to death. And Ray allegedly never asked about Faye after that. Good husband, real quality. I mean, he's as good a husband as he is a person, so. Ooh, sick burn. Checks out. Before he could be executed, Ray died in prison of natural causes on October 19th, 1993. So he did not spend very long in prison. And at the ages of 76 and 69, Ray and Faye were the oldest couple ever sentenced to death in history, in American history. Faye was the oldest woman on death row for the longest time. Like ever or just at that time? No, ever. So because she was 69 and would have turned... Seven, she would have been 79 and in death row because in 1999, after 10 years on death row, Faye's sentence was commuted to life in prison. And in August of 2002, Faye suffered a stroke that left her partially paralyzed and unable to speak. A few weeks later in September, the governor authorized a medical parole for Faye where she was paroled to a nursing home in Chillicothe, Missouri. She died a little over a year later there. Um, and most sources say it was on December 30th, which was Ray's birthday. So kind of fitting. Um, of the eight men on the list, three of the men, Thomas Park, Franklin Hudson, and Dale Brake have not been accounted for, but police do believe they were victims of murder at the hands of Ray and possibly Faye Copeland and that they are buried somewhere nearby. It is possible that they killed up to 12 people. Is that just like... More people who are involved with the check scheme stuff, yes. they think. And yes. So, they don't know where they are. Right. So, yeah, the check scheme. Um, I, he kept getting caught, and then he changed his ways. And then was like, well, I just won't leave any people alive after I get this check through. Or, you know, he would, like, take them there, you know, get, them, get the people set up with an account. Take them there. Make them bid or tell them what to bid on. Pay absorbent amounts for these animals. Then sell them. And the, before the checks could clear, and then before the checks could, before the police could come and question these people, you know, 
these these drifters and stuff who the bank account was set up under before police could come and question them they disappeared into the night meaning that ray killed them yeah and everybody probably was just like oh man they ran off with all my money but yeah. it's actually no they they didn't they did not yeah they, they got they got nothing they got killed yeah and it's really sad because a lot of them the men were at homeless shelters or were at like halfway house type situations where they were really they were trying to get their lives together and this was an opportunity they saw it as like a blessing like they could get away from all the bad influence they could go to a rural area and just do some good solid work have a roof over their head and get you know square three meals a day and do some honest work and get an honest pay you know and and it was like a it was like a starting over for them and instead of that ray took advantage of them and killed them instead yeah not a good guy not a good guy not a good husband no father or just person in general really and for Faye, her son so like season six episode 15 of forensic files was about them their son is on there um and it he talks about his mom and he's like i don't know like he's like my dad deserved everything he got he called he didn't even call him dad he called him ray so tells you you know yeah what you need to know but but he called his mom mom he's like i don't know if mom had anything to do with it i hope she wouldn't and he seemed like a normal down-to-earth kind of guy He's like, I hope she didn't or wouldn't, but I just, I don't know. And she seemed... She clearly knew. But, or... Sorry, I had to push my chair. Or she could have just been writing a list and checking things off. I mean, she might have just been doing what she was told because Ray didn't want it in his handwriting in case he ever got caught. So if he goes down, she's going down with him. You know what I mean? But I do think she was probably a battered wife. I do think she probably was submissive in some way looking at her she reminded me of my grandma which was kind of sad my grandma would never do something like that but that kind of like old-timey like husband's the head you do whatever he says type type thing you know what i mean yeah and i just i don't i don't know it's kind of hard for me to tell her level of involvement did she really believe that these men just came and went or did ray say i took care of it you know and she kind of knew but it wasn't talked about i don't know I don't know what her level of involvement was, but yeah. It was enough, apparently. It was enough. But but ne- neither of them were, uh, neither of their execution sentences were able to go through. Yeah, died. nature took care of one of them. Nature could take care of both of them. Yeah. I mean, like. In prison. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, his, yeah. His, his thing. Yeah. Natural uh, cause. How old was he? He was in his 70s, right? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe. Or he was at least in his 70s by that point, so maybe older. Yeah, yeah, he was in the 80s. Okay. Early I gu- 80s. I guess that checks out. I was just thinking, for some reason, I was thinking he was younger for a second. And I was just like, no. Fay natural was. causes. Um, sources Murderpedia, Wikipedia, Investigation Discovery, Criminal Minds, uh, which it was actually had a very comprehensive article, which I was kind of shocked about. Criminalminds.fandom.com, which I was like, what? But it was a very comprehensive article. It was, it was probably the most comprehensive. And then I didn't even know there was a Forensic Files episode about it before I, when I started doing this. And I was like, oh, look, there's an episode. And it actually didn't have a whole lot, to be honest. I got more information from those articles. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like reading books. Books have more stuff than movies. They do. Speaking of which. <gasps> oh my gosh. So if this is, for some reason, your first episode. Welcome. So first, for some reason, I say that like, that's not just a normal thing that can happen. Um, we have been going through and quizzing Caitlin on her Harry Potter knowledge. Specifically, the books only. This, it says, only someone who has read Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. At least three times can pass this quiz. I've done that. It's one of these BuzzFeed things. Anyway, uh, most of these have been fairly difficult. Caitlin is mm-hmm. passing them quite well mm-hmm. um, because uh, she loves J.K. Rowling so much. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so anyway, let's get started. Okay. Uh, first... Which wizard gets assigned to the Prime Minister's office after Voldemort's return? Kingsley. Kingsley Shacklebolt? Yeah. I was hoping it would be Amelia Bones, because I like that name. No. It's it a was, silly name. I don't think it was her. It, it's Kingsley. Okay. I just saw the name Amelia Bones, and I was like, that's a, I don't know why, but I like that name. I like it's your name. Fun. I like your name. It's a very silly name. Why does the Order of the Phoenix move out of 12 Grimald Place after Sirius's death? Something about the secret keeper. So we've got Creature threatened to tell Voldemort about the, their location. Mm-hmm. Harry didn't want to see any of Sirius's stuff again. Several Death Eaters were stationed outside the house. And even though Sirius left Harry the house, they were afraid the deed would pass to Bellatrix. Shoot. Have we got you? Yeah. Oh, man. Maybe the deed? You want to go with the thing about the deed? Yeah. Hey, that's right, though. Okay. So, good job. Okay, thanks. On the Weasley's magical clock, what are all of the hands pointed to when Harry arrives at the burrow? It's like imminent danger or something like that. Uh, so, looking at these choices, I'm going to say mortal peril. Yeah, yeah. That seems like what you're wanting. Yes, that's correct. Mortal peril. <laughs> that's on the clock? Well, it's not like a, t- it's not a clock that tells time. It's a it- clock that tells everybody is. Oh, where they are? Yeah, it's like they have a face. Where where am I? In danger. Mortal You're in danger. the danger zone. Well, it's like there's like like shop and I don't know. I'm just imagining like. It's I don't in know. the movie. The clock is in the movie. I don't remember it, but it just makes me think of um, like the doomsday clock. Are you familiar with that? Uh, vaguely. Yes. So basically it's a, it's not even, it's not a real clock, obviously, but it's basically like the countdown to midnight at midnight is like. The closer it is to midnight, the closer we are to nuclear war. We must be very idea. close to midnight right now. Yeah, they move it all the time. They they show it off in Watchmen, and there's um there's an Iron Maiden song called Two Minutes to Midnight." Mm-hmm. There's the clock. So, I'm showing Andrew the clock. It looks very silly. It's so very like, cool. Um, but You're yeah, silly. So that's just that's what I'm imagining. It's like they're in the danger zone. They Get, yeah, mortal like, peril. That's just that's not a location though. It's it's just where. Yeah. Listen, don't question it. Mortal, it's in the movies Mortal too. Mortal Peril okay? isn't a location. Okay, give me the next question. It would be a problem if it's like they're in Mortal Peril. Great, where in Mortal Peril? No. Like, don't question. <laughs> you it. Can't find out. Don't question the magic. You're ruining it. What nickname does Ginny give Fleur? Uh, Flem. That was gonna be my guess as somebody who doesn't know, and yes, that's correct. It is just because it sounds similar. Yes. That's how nicknames happen a lot of times. Yes. How did Ginny end up at the Slug Club meeting on the Hogwarts Express? She 
did a great jinx on somebody. Okay, so Slughorn caught Ginny performing a really good hex is one of the options. What are the other options? Yeah, Slughorn knows Arthur and Molly. No. Slughorn saw Ginny and Harry talking on the platform. No. Slughorn heard about Ginny being taken into the Chamber of Secrets. No, no, it's the hex. All right. Yes, you're correct. Who finds Harry on the Hogwarts Express after Malfoy breaks his nose and leaves him under the invisibility cloak? Luna Lovegood? Question mark. So this is, uh, that's a scary option because doesn't that happen in one of the movies? Yeah. Where you see Luna find him? But I thought it was because of the Raxperts. Okay. So I'm going to give you the other options just okay. so you can... Okay. Have a full breadth okay, of what's happening okay, here. Okay, already. Maybe Neville. I Your know. other options are Ginny, Ron, and Tonks. Tonks. It was Tonks. It was Tonks. Yeah. You're correct. Okay. Aren't thank you glad? You. Aren't you glad you. that I helped you there? Yes, I am. Thank you. Uh, yeah. If I, I'm like, she's keeping tabs on him. Okay. If if I've seen it, then it's wrong. Yeah. You're like, wait, that was in the movie. Yeah. I saw that movie. At some point, forever ago. <laughs> Whose memory does Dumbledore show Harry during their first meeting of the year? Oh. Give me some options. We've got Bob Ogden. This is the least magical name I've ever heard. <laughs> Tom Riddle Sr. Oh, man. Morphin Gaunt. What a name that is. And Dumbledore shows his own memory. Oh, the first one. Because I think all the... Oh. Bob Ogden? No, no, no. I'm trying to think of the first memory. Oh. Oh, this one's hard. I think I'm going to get this one wrong. I mean, if you just guessed, you got a 25% chance. I think it's his, I think initially it's his own memory and then it's Bob Ogden's. Or maybe it's just Bob Ogden's. Is Tom Riddle Sr. not um, Voldemort? No. Okay. That's Tom Riddle Jr. Okay. I just don't remember him ever being referred to as Jr. You don't hear about, you don't hear about any of this is, this is, fascinating you don't hear about any of this listen i just want to point out i did read the first three books eons ago you're gonna keep going i gosh i'm so i'm so okay we're gonna go with bob ogden bob ogden i think you caitlin yeah i was wrong you're right oh okay okay, gotcha okay yeah okay uh, during his Ooh. first visit with tom riddle what does dumbledore have tom take out of his wardrobe at the orphanage Keeping in mind that Dumbledore's a gay man, so this could be <laughs> this could be going somewhere. No, somebody's fan fiction stop. here. Stop. Okay, give me the options. <laughs> Slytherin's locket, no. which his mother left for him, a box of stuff he stole from other children, a picture of his mother, or a bunny he stole from one of his friends. The box of stolen stuff. You want box of stolen stuff? I don't I'm just glad this didn't go where I thought it was going to go. She's <laughs> so stupid. Okay, but I don't know if that's right. It's the box of stuff. Okay. You knew it. I thought you, just didn't be- the- you just got to believe in yourself. I thought Caitlin. that was in the movies, and so that's why I was questioning myself. be honest, the uh, later movies, um, all a blur to me. Okay. I only really remember the first four movies, really. That's like, impressive. In my head. Oh, okay. At Slughorn's party, mm-hmm. who does Slughorn introduce Harry to? It's his... We got Eldred, Warple, and Sanguini, Tiberius, Blaze Zambi- Zabini's mother, or Gwynog Jones. Gwynog I, Jones. I literally, head of the Holy Head Harpies. 
uh, Gwynog Joneses. Um, I honestly have no idea. The vampire, Zim, uh, the first one. Eldred Warple and Sanguini. Yeah, Sanguini's a vampire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sanguine blood. Yeah, I was gonna say, is that what Sanguini? The, yeah, <laughs> or is it yeah. an Italian vampire? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> drinks marinara sauce with sanguini exactly yeah there we go it's like marceline who who drinks red things yeah just red i just need red like okay marinara marceline the vampire queen she would she would know uh while learning to apparate what are the three d's everyone must remember okay give me the options destination debrief no diligence no determine delay defy no destination determination deliberation i think that one deliberation don't deviate no decelerate that's four d's there the three (laughs) the destination determination deliberation yes yeah you're right yeah do you know the three eyes what is that it's thing kurt angle the what kurt angle would say what he was a wrestler oh god integrity intelligence intensity the three eyes Anyways. Yeah. He's an Olympic gold medalist. In what? Wrestling. Oh. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> like actual wrestling. Would, would go to show. Yeah. It would, it would stand a reason. He did it with a broken freaking neck. That uh, was a bad idea. Yes. Also, uh, shout out to Biggie who broke his neck recently in wrestling. Oh my God. He's not paralyzed, but you know, Yet. still bad. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's in the hospital. Oh, good. Um. With the local medical facilities, they always say on WWE. Huh. Um, what does Voldemort steal from Hebzabah Smith? It's like, how are you going to have like a name? Hebzabah Smith. <laughs> what, is, what does Voldemort steal from Hebzabah? Okay. We got Slytherin's Locket and Gryffindor's Sword, Gaunt's Ring and Hufflepuff's Cup, a Diary and Ravenclaw's Diadem, or Slytherin's Locket and Hufflepuff's Cup. Locket and cup. The locket and cup. You locked it in, and you may drink from the cup of victory on that one. Yes. Okay. I was a little unsure. That was a that was a sentence I found on the way. Very good. I, I, I can't believe it worked. It worked out better than I could have ever imagined. Besides Sectumsempra, uh huh. What is the other jinx Harry learns from the Half Blood Prince's book? Ooh. We've got Flippendo, <laughs> Levicorpus. Relatio or Ventus? Levy Corpus. Levy Corpus? Levy Corpus. All right. What was Professor Trelawney trying to hide in the room of requirement? Empty sherry bottles. Sherry bottles is an option, and that's correct. Uh, so, all right then. Why did Voldemort... She was struggling that year. I could tell. Yeah. Don't they have a magic way to get rid of bottles? She's not very good at the magics. Oh, okay. Is Trelawney the like the the fortune teller See type? See beyond with your third eye. Yes. Yes, okay. That was a good way to say yes. Okay. I I liked it. Okay. Uh why did Voldemort choose this particular cave to hide the locket horcrux in? He visited the cave as a child. It was far away from the wizarding world. It's rumored that Salazar Slytherin died there. And the only photo he had of his mother was taken on the cliffs near the cave. He visited when he was a child. That's correct. Look at you. And we got two more. 
All right. After the cave, Dumbledore and Harry apparate to Hogsmeade. Who finds them there? Madame Rosemurta. Is Madame Rosemurta. Rosemurta. And she is. I don't remember who that is. Bewitched. Does that mean she's like possessed or whatever? She's sort of? under a, a jinx. Yeah, she has a jinx put on her. What's up with that? Um, Somebody's keeping tabs on when they return. Hmm. But I mean, like, what what is being, does she know what she's doing, but she just can't stop it, or? She doesn't really know what she's doing. I got you. And finally, which Death Eater is not at Hogwarts the night Dumbledore is killed? We've got Fenrir Greyback, Electo Caro, Amicus Caro, or Bellatrix Lestrange? I'm going to get this one wrong. Is Fenrir like a wolfman? Yes. Yeah, I figured with the name Fenrir. What is that? What is From Norse mythology. It's a big old wolf. There you go. Who I think is... Fenrir Greyback. I think he eats somebody's hand. He's like, you can trust me. Check it out. (laughs) And then he bites off their hand. It might be Odin. I don't Don't remember. Don't bite the hand that feeds you, Fenrir. Well, I think if when he gets released is when Ragnarok happens or something. Oh. So, anyway. Cool. Um, let's see. Fenrir, Amicus, um... Electo and Bellatrix. Gosh, I have no idea. Well, this is like only from the books. So if you remember seeing them in the movie there, which I don't remember anything. Amicus. Amicus. You go with Amicus? I don't think it's right. Let's find out if you've ruined your perfect score. I think I have. You have. Well, is it Electo? It was Bellatrix. Oh, shoot. Yeah, she's not there. She's still My in God. Can't believe you. Wow. I knew you, it was going to be. You blew it I at the did. very end. I tripped at the finish line. All on you. That's pretty good, you though. You couldn't handle the pressure. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was 15 out of 16. That's pretty that's good. A, that's a good number. These quizzes are fun. I like them. So I was looking through some of these old ones, mm-hmm. and I was like, which one is this? Because here's the thing. Like, first 50 or so episodes, Yeah, I had it down. I knew every Wait, are episode. We talk- are we talking about our podcast now? Yeah. Oh, okay. We're talking about our podcast now. I, I knew everything, um, but now everything, my brain is turning to mush. I think part of it's getting old. Yeah, yeah. And I have dementia now. Oh, okay. And also, like, the COVID brain of mm-hmm. just, like, everything's spilling together, which was kind of already happening but mm-hmm. i mean we only got one episode out before covid so yeah um that's I, right this has been exclusively produced during much, covid except for the first episode but it basically came out when things turned to crap like it we came, were be it came out the day we before star- we started it <laughs> we we opened the gates we opened it um yeah so i just clicked on an episode okay because I was like, which one is this? It was Jersey Bridgman. And I was like, oh, okay. And oh, yeah, yeah. the main thing is, I was clicking on it to see like what the summary is that uh-huh. I put in. You, and do good. you do good with that. I, for for what I, I wrote later, Andrew yells at Caitlin about bananas. I don't know what that's about. Why did you yell at me about bananas? I have no idea. I don't either. I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't either. So that's good. Neither of us You I probably remember. said something stupid. That I don't like bananas. Do you not like bananas? Nope. That might have been like the kicking point or like the starting point. you yelled point. at me about <laughs> I guess so. That's that's what I wrote. Huh. Maybe I just lied. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I kind of want to go back and find out at some point. I like um, episode 56 about Nina Bolton and Leslie Hagee 
which we said it wrong during the show. I was going to say, I, I know we said it wrong. I don't remember if we ever found out or if you remember what, what the correct I think way it was Hagee or Hagee. Um, it was it's something good, that, good you, that you remember. Yeah. Um, the only reason, I, well, that one was really sad because Leslie was very young. But Nina Bolton looks very much like my future mother-in-law, which I think we talked about. And she was like, hey, now. <laughs> but they could literally be sisters, which is kind of, but my mother, my future mother-in-law is not, <laughs> is not a murderer. This is apparently when you had started reading Throne of Glass. Yeah, I never finished it. Yeah. Um, Jack Carroll Jones. That one was really interesting and really left a lot to be. Yeah, I liked when there was a, almost a miscarriage of justice, but the guy died instead. Yeah. Instead of living his life in prison. Yes. Or he died while he was in prison for crimes he would he was already sentenced for. Right. And not the extra crime that Jack Carroll Jones had actually committed and that got pinned on that guy. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to the episode. That was episode fifty seven. It's kinda good. Uh, I like I like that one. Isaiah Torres, that one was that one was rough. Yeah. And then of course we talked about the blue light rapist, and that one was kind of interesting. Um and how laws came into effect from that about you can't you can't buy blue lights, you can't you can't buy those as just a civilian. I'm surprised that wasn't already a law. That I seems know, like the first right? thing you would do. Um we what did. else? What um, else? Yeah, Jersey Bridgman. Remember that one? Episode 55, Wayne Eugene Dumont is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Remind me of that one. That is the guy who raped a distant cousin of Bill Clinton. Oh, yeah. And when he got convicted, it led to a bunch of yes. right-wing weirdos having conspiracy theories about it because everything is the Clinton's fault. Of course. And so he eventually got released from prison and then went up to Mersey, uh, Missouri and committed two rapes and murders. Um yeah, so that was a fun time. As one does. Yeah, and now that former governor's daughter is probably going to be our future governor because life is a nightmare. Oh, God. Uh, Larry Porter Chisholm. Why does that one stand out to me? Tell me about that one. Episode 66. Is that the guy who we never caught? Um, Which episode did you say it was? 66? Episode 66. See the one. I think he's the one who like ran off and. Oh, yeah. They never found him. That's right. That one was wild. That was a wild story. Yeah, the bowling trip one. Yep. They they had guns they hidden. Stay, yes. Got away. That was wild. It's a good one. That was wild. Oh, the episode where I, we didn't know the victim's last name. It's just titled Christy, episode 68, and it was a survival one. Yeah. I do. It always is a nice turn when the victims survive, but that does not mean that getting to survival was any walk in the park i mean it's just awful 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 uh i remember liking the ted and ann throneberry one yeah yeah that one was pretty wild involved um weirdo survivalist types who it turns out they wouldn't survive if they had to actually be survivalists because they they failed miserably and like they were like starving to death basically at the end very um, good. Episode 70, I love talking about Bass Reeves. That one was... He's a cool dude. That was really cool. No, nobody really... I mean, I guess some people He has died. a statue in Fort Smith. He killed yes. a lot of people. And there was that show that came out recently on Netflix that was like celebrating, you know, historic black figures. I was going to say, did that, did that actually come out? Yeah, and it looked so good in the episode. With, and I haven't watched it. I can't even remember the name of it. But that episode with Bass Reeves looked... I mean, obviously it looked really cool because Bass Reeves is a really cool character. Um, but that was really cool telling that story. Yeah, I want to be as cool as him when I grow up, but I won't. Nope. 
because that tech takes effort and stuff. Because he was already doing crazy things. He by was a cool age. dude. He was a former slave who escaped and yes. then ran off into Indian territory and then became a marshal yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it was way, way cool. Way cool. It was Mondo cool. Um, Let's see. Was it Marcel Williams? Was that the one where it was like he was abused as a kid? He became the abuser as an adult. Yes. And, yes. And that... And it was the, oh, it was the Versed, the Medazolam shortage. He was one of the people that was... He was one of them, yes. One of the rushed ones. Um, As was Jack Harold Jones. Yes. And um, yeah, there's there's several. I think we've covered most, if not all yeah. of them by, by now. And I just, that's, we've talked about this, but it's just so sad. The kids that are brought up in an environment like that, where they're just predisposed to being adults like that, you know? And it's like that's not any fault of their own but how do you help that person change who's been hurt so badly to their core you know to their soul i i'm looking at the dominic whitaker one i just want to point out that the after show part i wrote that i mock anti-vaxxers and i stand by that (laughs) still stands true to to this day yeah I've, i've told caitlin a bunch of times that i stand by everything i say as i say it and no further no regrets i will have forgotten what i said and i am a changed person 10 seconds later and literally like you've said initially we did pretty good about remembering things but we're 84 episodes in they're kind of running together not that the stories aren't themselves very important and very personal but our brains are full (laughs) of stuff that's a lot of hours and terabytes of recording and stuff or whatever yeah um trying to figure out which one was it i remember i think we talked about this last on our last year talk but when you and i first started doing this we had no idea what we were doing none none at all true still true yeah we still don't really know we're still winging it every week but we enjoy this it's a hobby that we enjoy um but literally the first time we were like all right let's sit down let's record we're like Okay, first off, how do we record? And we spent like eight hours trying to figure out how to record. And we tried one app and it didn't work. So then we had to re-record on another thing. And it took forever to figure that out. Oh, it was such a nightmare. We finally figured it out. And we're like, oh my gosh, it took this long. But finally hitting like the finish button on that first recording. That was pretty cool. So, yeah, I... Uh- and that first episode that we did, very first episode, it's a little different than the rest of our episodes. The first eleven or twelve or so have a different format. Yeah, we of didn't. Sorts. We did cases together initially. If you haven't gone back and listened that far, uh, we did cases initially. Then we did our own stories, and we were releasing weekly, and now we're releasing biweekly, uh, for fortnightly, if you will. Yes, fortnightly, if you will. But that first episode, we um, we decided maybe we we shouldn't be as n- normal as we are in real life as oh yeah that was like the only wordly that's the first one where we do the only one where we do cusses yes we don't we don't do that that's right we want to keep just like real life i never cussed in my life never kid me that was all for show (laughs) yeah that's Um, right i don't know i don't have much else to say oh you're hitchhike killer we already talked about that yeah that was really that was the first one the if you want to see a good vaccine rant Maude Crawford. Um, Maude Crawford. Maude Crawford. She was cool. She was cool. Look up the Suicide Squad 2021 post-credit ending scene explained by Mr. Sunday Movies. You sent me that. I made Caitlin watch it because I was reminded of it recently. And it's just, it's so funny because he just goes off and is just screaming and yelling, but it's 
I don't know. He's he's very funny. I like his podcast too. Um, the, the part where he's like, "But I agree with you, James. But but I just don't think you're. I don't give a <laughs> he's like, yeah." Screaming Talking to yelling. himself, but not really. Yes. Yeah. Also, the part where he's like, <laughs> "Comics are different," and just shows like a, a picture of a comic book just sitting there <laughs> for like a minute. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was a good bit. It was, um, it was a good bit. I love I love that. Um. So yeah, one two years. Who two can't, years? Can't believe that. Who could have seen this coming? Not me. I definitely think it was going to last this long, but here we are. I wrote down for nine hundred ninety nine episodes, That's... which is why I've set the numbering up to be useful for the hundreds and not beyond. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, that's not gonna happen. Um, okay, let's talk about uh, what you're looking at. What you're looking at, Andrew? We'll start with Star Warses. How many Star Warses? Uh, basically none. Just that trailer of Kenobi. <laughs> let's talk about it. Okay, I'm, I'm so excited. What do you guys say about it? I don't remember it already. I showed you. I sent you the Obi Wan Kenobi trailer. Yeah, and I and didn't what? watch it for like hours. And I was like, and then I didn't. Did even, you watch it? I watched it on my computer. You'd sent me sent it to me on my phone, so I was like, "I'll, I'll wait." It was, and then I forgot. It was so good. First off, Ewan McGregor is reprising his role as Obi Wan, and he, oh my gosh, Mwah, Chef's kiss! Love that guy. The music is it's the Duel of the Fates from the, composed by John Williams, and that is some of the most intense, incredible music ever written. It's in the other. It's in the Star Wars prequels. The da na 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 Except it's like in the background. That was a, yeah. And it was Yeah, I'm good at music. That was that was Andrew. Per look, Chef's kiss to that. Perfect. It's too bad Darth Maul probably won't be in this for him to kill because he already killed him in Rebels. That's true. Are you talking about for Duel of the Fates or what? For the song? Yeah, though the fight wouldn't be long enough. Who he, do you think he's going to fight? He's going to fight He's going to fight the Inquisitors. Okay. Is That's that, who those people are. Okay. In okay, the black and all okay. that. I was like, who? The, I was wondering who those people were. The one with the weird face is the Grand Inquisitor. He's in Star Wars Rebels. Okay. Um. So, spoiler, Obi-Wan's not going to kill him. Because... <laughs> oh, Rebels takes place after this. Yeah. Okay. And I think one of the other Inquisitors looked like one of the Rebels okay. characters. Yeah. Rebels... I mean, well, you see how the Grand Inquisitor dies in Rebels. Oh, okay. He gets killed there. So. Oh, okay. Well, I'm super excited. I did not tune in for, um, what was that one show? Uh, Boba Fett. Did not care about that. You need and to then watch. everybody was like, my friend at work was like, just watch the last two or three episodes. I said, oh, so the Mandalorian? <laughs> and they was yes, like, because was it like, has implications yes. for future Mandalorian stuff. Yeah. And it will explain things that are going to happen in Mandalorian. Because if you don't see these, you'll be like, wait, what? What's How did this happen? Why yeah. is this happening? And or you could just look up what happened. <laughs> when I told matter. him, I was like, well, he's like, yeah, it was the Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the show, the reason the show sucks is um, that it started off as Mandalorian Season 3, but then they moved that back and decided to do a Boba Fett show, so it was put together very hastily, it sounds like. It do- it didn't is, look very good. I was not interested at all. Which is why they shouldn't have done it that way, but they did. And Yeah, I was not interested. I'm super interested. I will definitely tune in for the Obi-Wan Kenobi I mean, this has been the show that everybody's been begging for for a while. And then Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor, whatever it is. The fact that he's reprising his role is just really exciting. And I'm going to guess, do you think we're going to see Hayden Christensen? Yeah, he's he's officially in it. Oh, they is have, he? They announced that forever oh, ago. what? I did not know. So he will reprise his role as Anakin slash Darth Vader. I wonder if they're going to do flashbacks to the Clone Wars. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that would be that would be neat. I'm really excited. Super excited for this one. When's this coming out? Uh May, May? I believe. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. I'm I'm excited. Me too. But you know, if you didn't like Book of Boba Fett and you want to see other Star Wars stuff, Star Wars Visions is out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mandalorian one and two are out there. You can watch That's those true. again. Yeah. Some of those movies are good. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What uh, else? What else you been looking at? Uh still working on Horizon slowly kind of still good it's, it's pretty good yeah uh playing wwe 2k 22 mm. they have massively improved so i don't know if you know this no. 2k 20 was a disaster oh did you not hear about this in the video game world i think you probably talked about it would be so here, I guess. 2k 20 was this huge disaster where for one the previous developers ukes who worked on the like other games like 2k 18 mm-hmm. and before they left and then a different group came in and did 2K20, and it was like this huge disaster. It was buggy and glitchy. Like, mm. you should look up videos. It's hilarious. That bad. So then they took a year off, because so there was no 2K21. Oh. And they came back with 2K22, and it's pretty good, actually. Like, oh. I'm really shocked. I just thought, like, maybe they just suck, because even without the bugs, 2K20 was bad compared to the other ones. So there's that. Um, uh, shout out. I mentioned Big E, who broke his neck recently. He's okay. He's he's done video and like talked and he's like I'm not paralyzed and blah blah blah. It's pretty good then. Yeah, it's as good as it can be, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, Revolution AEW Revolution. I watched that this past weekend before when I was house sitting <laughs> for me. <laughs> yes, um, that show ruled so hard. Everything was great except for Britt Baker Thunder Rosa. Because Thunder Rosa should have just won or just not have that match. She's probably going to win this Wednesday in San Antonio in a cage match. It'll be great, but whatever. Annoyed by that. But most importantly, uh, RIP to Scott Hall, who died today as we're recording. Wait, in real life? Yes. Oh, how old was he? He was 63. Oh, okay. So he which was is young, but... Young, but old by wrestling standards. Yeah. And honestly, older than... Most people would have expected him to make it. Oh, okay. He had a lot of drug problems for a long time. Gotcha. Um, we'll catch up got, with you. He only got clean like probably six or seven years ago. Might as well just keep going, man, <laughs> at that point. It's just one of those things where it's like he died pretty young, Yeah. but we got more of him than we kind of yeah. expected. You know, actually, kind of messed I up. take that back. Good for him for trying. Yeah. It doesn't matter when. Good for him for, for getting on that, that recovery. He finally had like a decent life. And he was also like, uh, so he killed a man once in self-defense, oh, which like. He for had, sure? Yes. Okay. He had like bad PTSD from that oh, and stuff, that's really which is sad. probably part of why he was into the drugs as much as he was. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so there was like a really sad thing I saw where one of his friends, Kevin Nash, had said something that was like, mm-hmm. you know, it. While he was on life support, and they're they were like, wait, what was wrong with him? Uh, he had three heart attacks. Holy crap! He had like some kind of surgery and had yeah. heart attacks during the surgery. Wow. Um, but like while he was on life support, because they were, they had decided they were going to pull him off life support. Mm. His uh, friend Kevin Nash, who was also a wrestler, mm-hmm. was like, he had this comment about Scott Hall that I thought was really sad, mm-hmm. where he said uh, Scott Hall never believed that he deserved the afterlife. Just like such a sad thing. Yeah. Which explains a lot of like why he was the way he was, I guess. But he got clean over the past six or so years. Good for him. And is doing all right. Good for him. And everybody has good things to say about him. So good. Well, he'll be missed. R.I.P. Yeah. Um, 
that's literally everything I have. Okay. It was a bit much for a second, but yeah. Well, you know, it's your wrestling. You, yeah. You like that. I only talked for like a minute about it. Um, I have a couple things. Um, you, we were we were gone this weekend. You stayed at your house. John and I went to Kansas City. I feel a very underrated city. It gets a bad rap, but I really liked it. I don't even know if it gets a bad rap as much as it just doesn't get rapped about. Well, on lists, it's always listed as a danger, one of the most dangerous cities in the U.S. Ah, lots of cool cities are. New Orleans is a great city, and it's <laughs> yeah. always on those lists. I like St. Louis, and it is too. I don't like St. Louis. It's a dumb hole. You didn't go the right parts, but, and that's what probably what people would say about Kansas city would be my guess. I just think Kansas city just doesn't get talked about much at all because it's a Midwestern city that like, I think it was really cool. It is. We had good food. We had a good time. We saw my favorite Irish band, the high Kings there, and they were fantastic. We got the meet and greet, um, like tickets, which you know, were not crazy expensive. They're not exactly, you know, Elton John or anything, but, but we got the meet and greet tickets, so we got to go up there and meet the meet the band and talk with them, and they were super nice, super pleasant. And one of the band members is a really big fan of Elvis, big fan of Elvis. So because of when he married that uh, young girl, what? No, what? <laughs> no, big fan of Elvis, and um, he even wrote a song about it. Anyway, but we told I told him that you know I was like I've seen you guys a couple times in Memphis. And we loved it, and it was so good. And <laughs> when we saw them in Memphis, it was like a nice, like local theater where they might do local plays. And I'm pretty sure that the only people there were the season pass holders who were all over the age of 65. And so when me and my friends went, we brought the age. We were the outliers of the age. We brought the age down by a lot. So that was fun. But the Kansas City show, it was a lot livelier. It was a lot of fun. We had some Guinness. It was a good time. And get this. Get this. Uh, So we met them. We were the last people to talk to them. And they left the stage. And John went to leave to go to the bathroom. And one of the band members, the one that's a big fan of Elvis, he saw John. He stopped him. He's like, hey, so are you guys from Memphis? Except he said it in an Irish accent because they're from Ireland. And uh, John was like, no. Can you do a good Irish Oh, are you from Memphis? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, are you from Memphis? <laughs> That's a little too much. Uh, anyways, uh, so John kind of explained, no, you know, we, you know, it's not far from where we were, blah, 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 blah. And then he was like, oh, well, then what brings you guys all the way to Kansas City? She, she was like, well, he might, he might have, he might have kind of fudge this a little bit he's like well we're just celebrating you know our engagement we got engaged not too long ago and uh and caitlin's just a really big fan she loves you guys he's like well i can't i'll give you guys a shout out you know up on stage so they dedicated a song to me and john did he also um lecture you on how your name is pronounced wrong uh no uh caitlin um that's kind of how he said it caitlin he said it wrong he didn't know how you spelled it though he uh he did because john oh. wrote it down <laughs> wrote there our names down <laughs> you should have um, been like these americans i swear no mine is the proper irish way i will have you know the spelling is the irish way your pronunciation is Caitlin. not caitlin is pretty much how it should Kathleen. be caitlin i'm telling you he was irish and he said it like that um archive 81 podcast i started listening to oh, that did you don't like it yeah don't recommend it's nothing it's it's so disconnected and weird and then in the second season it's like some weird sci-fi it's weird it's weird i'm surprised you stuck with it that long 
Why? Everybody says know. it's bad. I just I didn't even make it that far. It was weird. I was like, this isn't really anything like the show. Like it very on a basic level. There's just aren't very many good audio dramas out there. Well, let me tell you about one. I'm listening. Did you find to. one? Yeah. Um. You, you may have Tannis. No, but it kind of is in the same vein as all that. Rabbits. No. It's called The Storage Papers. I don't know anything about it. It's really good. You should listen to it. If I liked the black tapes, will I like it? Yes. Okay. Um, it's it's in, it's this guy who the basis basis of it is he has it's a drama, obviously. Um, he has come into um an ownership of the storage unit that's full of all these papers that seem to be connected and they're all sort of like uh, letters and case files and stuff of like basically X files, what you, I mean, the X files, basically extra worldly stuff, some like possession type stuff, like some ghost type stuff, some alien type stuff, some weird, like urban legendy type stuff. Um, and then they're all connected somehow. It is bringing in new character. Anyways, it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. It's actually like creeped me out a little bit. Like I was, I was like, I don't want to listen to it. I <laughs> look it over my shoulder and stuff. Uh, but it was, I think it's really good. I, if you liked the black tapes, I think you would like the storage papers. And I'll check it out because I did like the black tapes. Which and I'm the one very who, horribly. It, the ending was very bad. Awful. Um, I warned you. You did. You did. Because like the, I remember I, I got the update for the, for the podcast coming out. And you're like, yeah. I was like, yeah, a new episode. And then it ended in a way. And I was like, wait, this can't be Is it. this the ending? Like this is, so I immediately went to the internet and everybody was like, was that it? And that's is it. Is it over? It's suddenly, done. what happened? Was not good. Good, bad ending. Um, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I am um, hitting all the marks on the health bingo card this year, uh, not because I want to. Um, have staph infection on my nose. It's actually a lot better right now, but not in my nose, on my nose. <laughs> and I sent a picture to Andrew. He said, I was going to wait till you, it was healed, but you look like Rudolph. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to make sure you would heal because otherwise I'd You'd have to call really you Voldemort because <laughs> you lost your nose. <laughs> lost my nose. Um, it was incredibly painful, but it's feeling a heck of a lot better and looking a heck of a lot better too. Um, it's still a little red, but and luckily it wasn't like gross like Andrew's staff infections were in college like yeah. oozing and like but at lit. least that also wasn't like on my face that's true <laughs> you could hide those I, I couldn't hide this very well yeah for those who don't know I had staff infection on my arm like on my mm-hmm. elbow kind of area mm-hmm. and I went to the campus medical facility mm-hmm. I, I, pull, I pulled my hoodie off so they could look at it mm-hmm. and they looked at it for like two yeah. seconds and he said hmm go to the hospital <laughs> he's like and no thank you that Goodbye. was it <laughs> He said, that I was can't, my visit. I can't handle this. This is a higher level of care than I can provide. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, I started Our Flag Means Death. I've only watched the first episode. It was really funny. Oh, there's like six episodes out. I know. I know. I've been I've been a little busy. There's two more coming out on Thursday. Listen. I think. Listen, two or three. Listen. I've been incredibly busy at work. Can't wait to start this new job. Um, It was really good. Take a, take a watini. Yes. Um, he's, yes. He's directing he's in it he's in it in future episodes yes you will see him reese later. darby who's a, in fly the concourse yes uh, he's murray from fly the concourse he's also in a show called uh, shipwrecked i think that mm-hmm. i saw a few episodes of once and thought was really good but i haven't gone back to it um he also was briefly in what we do in the shadows the movie i don't know about the show but in the movie oh he yeah he it. is yeah. he's one of the, the werewolves yes we're, we're, werewolves not swearwolves <laughs> yeah 
It's so good. I love New Zealand humor so much. It's so sarcastic and dry. Um, and last for me, Andrew, I've, I've actually, you know, I've had a lot to talk about this week, but listen, there's a new movie out on Disney plus called turning red. I don't know. Oh, okay. Have you seen the commercials for the, it? Yeah. The new Pixar thing. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> John, it was a really long week. I was on call a lot last week and got called in a lot last week. Um, and I was like, I was still on, I was on call this weekend, but John was like, let's hope it's a, it's a good Friday and we've got dinner and let's turn on this movie and watch it and just kind of relax. I was like, yeah, it looks like a cute, funny movie. And it was, Is it, uh, in the, we're in the Pixar pantheon of emotionally devastating. <laughs> does it land? That's it clearly where you're ramping up to. I think it depends on who you are because, okay, first off. The movie takes place in 2002, specifically 2002, and the girl is turning 13, and she plays flute in the band and is really like like an A-plus student. Oh, they just marketed this to you. 100%, because in 2002, I was 12 years old. They just turned you into an Asian girl. They did, and it, she's all about, well, kind of, sort of. My parents weren't exactly like her parents, except for the fact that like... At the end, it's all about, you know, the movie. I don't want to ruin it. If you don't want to hear anything about it, skip ahead. But I, the kind of basis of it is wanting so bad to make your parents happy and please your parents, but wanting so badly to be yourself as well, but not disappoint your parents and having your parents come to terms with who you are as a person and either accepting that or or not. And I'm telling you, I'm going to cry right now when it got to that part because it's about a lot of pressure put on you. I'm going to start. This is, oh, my God. Okay. So it's about it's pressure about, on kids. Is that the about, part that made you it's emotionally about, devastated? It's about a lot of pressure being put on kids to be perfect, I think. when And a lot of pressure to be perfect in your parents' eyes when you just want to be accepted for who you are. And I think that really speaks a lot to a lot of the struggle. I mean... I know that I was, you know, I wouldn't say I was straight A, but I was close to it. And I wanted so badly to be, you know, I was first chair flute and I wanted so badly to just be the best possible person because I could be because it's about almost not being good enough for your parents in their eyes. And like it started talking about that and that really hit home a lot. Um, Sorry. <clears throat> and so John put on this really cute movie and was like, well, watch it. I was bawling. <laughs> Tears were streaming down my face um, because, you know, um, I have a high, you know, set a high bar for myself. And, you know, I'm a perfectionist in a lot of ways. And I want so bad to be great all the time. And sometimes I don't feel like I'm good enough, especially, you know, for my parents. And that's really hard. And it was almost like a therapy for 12 <laughs> and 13 year old me. It was like, and it, you know, accepting yourself, whether or not your parents do or not. And I, I can imagine, you know, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not really, I'm an ally of the LGBTQ community. I, I'm not really a part of it myself, but I can imagine that that story also speaks to a lot of LGBT um, kids as well. And it really, like, I was bawling. John held my hand. He was like, I did not mean for this to happen. I'm so sorry. I was like, I no. I like people was, should know about Pixar doing this yes. to people at this point. Yeah, it was, um, it would, it, it would, it hit a lot heavier than I thought it was going to. Let me tell you, for a red panda. 
who was adorable. You knew it was going to be like a metaphor uh, for stuff. I didn't know it was going to hit that hard. Okay. See, this is why you just got to be like me. You have uh, parents who don't put that much pressure on you. And also, you don't put much pressure on yourself because you've already accepted yourself as a failure. There you go. I accept <laughs> no. myself. Yeah. Stop. Um, no. But it, 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 was a, it was such a good movie. I do wonder. Remember when I um, showed made you? made me watch Coco <laughs> and it was emotionally devastating? Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Really I'm hit so it like sorry. the worst moment. I did. But anyway. I didn't even realize. I showed I showed Andrew. We Coco. won't talk about it because there might be spoil stuff. But it was. It was really good. If you haven't seen Coco at this point, it's your own fault. It's a really good movie. But it, um, it was. I did again, not. Emotionally I'm so, devastating because I'm it's so Pixar. Sorry. I'm so sorry. That's what sorry. they do now. That's their bread and butter. It's their. It's their. Um, They're like, should we make Incredibles, which is like basically a Watchmen knockoff? No. We did it twice, kind of. We made it, and then we made it again, Good slightly movie. differently. Yeah, I don't know. It's, what's it's what's been Coco? Uh, I feel this, like a lot of people were Inside Out. I feel like a lot of people, which I haven't seen it. It's so Soul, Soul was and really Soul good. Was, yeah. yeah. So there's that. Encanto, yeah, that one hit home too. That's not Pixar though. I don't think. No, no, that's just Disney. That's just yeah. Disney. Woo! Is that? It, I might watch Turning Red again and cry again just for some therapy. <laughs> Sometimes it just feels good. Sometimes. Um, is Encanto the one with the Bruno song that people like or yes, whatever? Yes. Okay. It's really I cute. Haven't, I haven't heard that song either. I know there's a big muscle lady. No, 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 no. Copyright Disney. Um, yeah, we're going to get flagged. It was so accurate. <laughs> yeah, the, accurate. the bots are going to pick it up. <laughs> um, uh, you're, what, you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, right? Yeah, as uh, what's her face, Stephanie Beatrice. Yeah, yeah, she's in it. Yeah. What's really weird is when you hear her use her regular voice. Yeah. If you've ever watched that show, and she has like a very specific voice. In fact, like the first episode, she has a different voice than what she uses throughout the rest of the show. Which in is, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder. It's really weird. I wonder if in Kanto she uses her normal voice. She probably does. I don't know. She does have a great you watched job. Brooklyn Nine Nine? No. You're making it sound like you haven't. Okay. No, I haven't. Well, if you want to feel good and watch something funny, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I would recommend it. I hear it's a good show. It's very funny. Yeah. I haven't watched it in a while. Um, let me see. I'm trying to look up what it's on, but the internet's being weird for a second. There we go. Um, I don't know. Do we need to like recommend like comedies to you again? No, I'm good. I watched some Office. I think I'm good. So I think that's it. I think I've tapped yeah. out of things. Brooklyn Nine-Nine appears to be on Hulu, so that'd be a good spot to go. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's it. That's I'm, all I got. I'm gonna go do whatever I'm gonna do. I don't okay. know what I'm doing. Okay. Me too. At any point in time. Me too. That sounds good. Let's see here. Has anything happened in on WWE Raw? Because we're recording during Raw this week. Okay, we're done. There's a lot of rumors that Cody Rhodes might be there. Oh boy. Um. Okay, guys. I think that's it. I think we're done. I think. I think we're wrapping it up now. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook at Paint the Town Dead. You can catch us on Twitter at PT... No? Yes. Oh my gosh, what is it? PTTD Pod? You can catch us on Instagram, Paint the Town Dead, all one word. Oh my God. And you can email us at PTTD Pod at gmail.com. 
Uh, please be sure to subscribe on anything you can, rate five stars, anything you can, like anything you can, share anything you can. Any involvement you have with us helps and we greatly appreciate us. Send us your stories if you have any. Um, even if we're not able to share them or make a whole uh, episode behind it, we still look into it. We still read it. We really appreciate you guys reaching out to us. Um, and thank you guys for two years. Uh, we don't get paid for this. We just enjoy doing it. Um, so if you enjoy listening, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Um, sorry, I almost cried in this episode. Almost. That's a, I, I, that's a strong word. The word use of almost there. It was practically there. That was, that was there. It was, I'm sorry. Um, went through a little therapeutic moment. Um, but guys, again, thank you so much for two years of paint the town dead. We really appreciate it. We appreciate you guys. Um, Scott Hall recommends therapy. Who's that? He's the guy who died. Oh. When he was talking about his PTSD. It, it did, had nothing. The death had nothing to do with therapy, though. We just need to make that disclaimer. Right. Okay. He, he recommended it like years ago when he was okay. talking about healing. When he had to when he had to self-defend against that guy who pulled a gun on him. That's real sad. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, guys. Thanks for stopping by. We're Go to therapy. Don't do drugs and alcohol like he did. Yes. Uh, I second he, that. He, he might still be with us if he had done that earlier. I second that. That's really great stuff to live your life by, Andrew. Thank you. Wise Thank words. You. Um, we'll see you for more wise words in a in a fortnight. That's right. Appreciate it. So we'll uh, we'll see you guys then. Okay? Bye. Okay. Bye.